when I considered and started recognizing and realizing the global reality, starting to realize that not all the world has what we have, that there is, there is abject poverty, it's a challenge to me. And so tonight, I expect you're going to be challenged because I'm just welcoming you into my journey and the struggle that I have with this whole concept. Now, one of the things we can know for sure about this is that this is a prayer of dependence. Right? Give us, we, we're saying, our Father, hallowed, right? Hey, your kingdom come. It's about you. It's not about me. It's what you want, not what I want. You are amazing. You're a great, good, good Father. Well, all of those things are absolutely true. And now we kind of turn the corner a little bit in this prayer. And now it's about, God, there, there are needs here. God, I am I, trying to live myself in a dependent way to you. This is a, a prayer of, of trusting God, a, a prayer of trusting our Father, a Father who wants to provide, a Father who wants to care. It, it's reminding us, this prayer, and as we get to this, that he's God, right, and, and we're not. Now, some of you are thinking, I, I don't know what to do with this. Give us today our daily bread. What do you mean? I work hard. I mean, I'm, I'm the person who, who works, you know, my 9 to 5 or my 7 to 5 or my 7 to 3, whatever it is, and I often I'll put in a few extra hours, and then I'm the first one to raise my hand for one of those weekend shifts. I mean, I work hard to provide. I mean, I put in the work. I'm not a slacker, right? Like, I go hard, i got to tell you, Jesus would applaud that. Jesus would applaud that. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 10, it might be verse 11. It says in there, if you don't work, you won't eat. And as Westerners in our world, we're like, yeah, that's it. That's the way it's supposed to be. If you don't work, you're not supposed to. Come on. Like that's, we work hard for our stuff, and, and we value that. So what we need to understand is this verse here, it's not suggesting some lazy lifestyle. It's not suggesting that we, as, as Christ followers, um, should just sort of go off somewhere out in the hills or whatever or sit in the middle of Victoria somewhere and just go, hey, God, provide for me. That's just what it is. That's not what we're talking about here. That, that's not what this is suggesting. So as, as I've wrestled with this, coming from a position of living here on the West Coast, and um, I began to realize and recognize that our Father speaks to the fact and the reminder that we were created by Him, each and every one of us, with unique gifts and unique abilities, right? Yeah, you might have gone to college and you've got a master's and you've got like two or three degrees hanging off your name at the end of your whatever, you know, resume. And that's fantastic. But, but really, did you create yourself in that way? Did, did you? No, we understand and we recognize we were created uniquely by God. He's given you gifts and abilities. I mean, I, I, I wrestle with uh, at times, why did I arrive here in Victoria? What, why, why was I born here on the West Coast? What, 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 what is the, the reason for me being here? 
instead of somewhere else. Well, it's nothing that I did. I didn't manipulate this somehow, and all of a sudden I'm here. But I am here. And, and you are here. And so what does this mean to us? How, how does this play out? We are stewards, you and I, of what God has given us. I remember hearing that when I was a young guy. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, you are just, you're just sort of a steward of this. God has gifted you an ability, and you have a responsibility and an opportunity to live out and, and do well with your things. And, and, all, and I just didn't understand it. A steward of the gifts and the abilities, the talents that, that God has given us. And yet, that's beginning to take root in my life. I'm beginning to understand that in a greater way. See, we go to this and we ask God, give us today our daily bread. Father, meet our needs. And, and we need to add in there, God, thank you. Thank you for, for what I have. Thank you for providing. Thank you for giving me the gifts and the abilities in order to work. There was a story in Scripture where a, a young man, rich young ruler it was said, who um, came up to Jesus, and uh, this rich young ruler, um, you know, as a, a person was kind of killing it uh, for God, if you like. You know, if you had a list of all the things that someone was supposed to be to, to be a good Christian, a good Christ follower, or whatever, like just the, the, the proper sort of image of what that would look like, this was your guy. Like he was all over it. And he, he was coming up to Jesus, and, and uh, he, he went up to him, and he said, uh, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What, what are the things that, that I should be doing? What, are, what, what, is it, what does that mean for me? And Jesus, you know, they had this interaction, and this guy's going, yep, yeah, no, done that, done that, check, 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 right? Good to go. And this guy was standing in front of Jesus, and Jesus kind of just reached out and just gently sort of tapped him on the chest. Now, that was pretty easy because this guy was pretty proud, and his chest was, was a ways out there. And he said, you know what? I want you to go and sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. Do you remember the result of that little interaction? The guy went away depressed. Now, is Jesus poking each one of us on the chest and telling us to sell our, all our possessions to give to the poor? No, he's not doing that. You see, what was going on in that story is that that story was showing that this young man, he was his provider. He had it all going on. He wasn't going to be dependent on anybody, let alone Jesus. No, no, no. He, it was all about him. And Jesus recognized that and wanted to kind of give him a little reset, <laughs> if you like. I said earlier, you know, we probably know where our next week's meals are coming from. Fair number of us, hey? You know, maybe you've already done your shopping. You've got your weeks, you know, meals all planned out. You, you've got to figure, we just had a great meal here before, you know. What does it mean? What does it mean to trust him? What does it mean to, to go to him and, and give us today our daily bread? 
Are we like the rich young ruler? Have we got it all figured out? We, we're kind of providing for ourselves. We've worked hard. And we've provided for our family, and, and that is wonderful. Let me ask you this. Maybe you feel like you're kind of doing it all, and you've got it all going on. Let me just ask you this one question. And if you're new to, new to church, new to this, this thing called faith and God and all that, you can just check out right now. If you haven't already, you go ahead and just check out right now for a few minutes, okay? This is for those who would be Christ followers, those who have chosen uh, to follow Jesus. How much do you trust him is what this next question is really all about. And this question is simply this. Do you tithe? Tithe, what's that? Tithe is a word, means 10%. Are, do you give back to God? Steve talked about it earlier, our tithes and offerings. Do you do that? You're like, are you kidding me? How can I do that? I live in Victoria. It's the most expensive place, like on the planet. How can I afford to tithe? Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. How much are we trusting him? There's a lady in this church who came up to me a few weeks ago. I have no idea why. I can't remember the context. Um, but it was somehow, it was in and around this, and this person, I don't believe, had been in the faith for a long time, yet was challenged with this whole idea of giving to God first fruits, like right off the top, I'm going to give God 10%, I'm going to trust him with that, and I know he'll take care of me. And she said to me, you know what, I, I've learned that. You know, when God blesses me, when, I, when, I, when I'm working, I just take that right off. When I'm blessed with extra income, I take that right off the top, and I just give it right back to God. And as I do that, God makes everything right. He just brings together. He takes care of me. I don't know how he does it. It doesn't always make sense. But he takes care of me. Now, I, I grew up in a... You know, in a church home, I, matter of fact, I just thought, was reminded of this this morning. My mom and dad have this little black uh, leather Bible, um, and I found it when I was a kid at home. And on this, this Bible, I literally, or my teeth marks, like I was, as a little baby, I was already, you know, chewing on the Word of God. You know, <laughs> but but I, I just say that to tell you, I grew up in the church. So when I first started getting my allowance, right, when I got my dollar allowance, my parents taught me. Pull out that dime, Lindsay. Put that in the offering plate. And then when I got my Star Weekly uh, paper route, eight papers, oh my goodness. But the responsibility that taught me, when I got my 250, out came my quarter, right? What I knew was, as a kid, that, that when I was doing that, when I was pulling that out, it knew that I wasn't, I wasn't going to get as much candy as I wanted. I, I knew that much. But you see, over the years, what I've discovered is, is the candy just changes a little bit, right? It's not just suckers now. It, it's other things. So as I grew, um, I didn't understand what I was doing, to be honest with you. I knew I was giving to God. That was the concept. But I didn't fully get it. But as I started getting older and I was going to, uni well, not university, college, getting ready to get married, I just... I had that practice, and I was so grateful, my parents instilling that in me, and we would just continue to give. Carla and I got married 
And uh, I can still remember how much, uh, well, she made, because <laughs> I was going to school, and she put me through school. It was a good deal for me, I guess. And uh, I can still remember what she was making and how much our rent was and how much a gallon of milk was. I, I don't know how we made it, but I can tell you it never was a question as to whether or not we tithe back to God right off the top. Roll the clock forward a few years. I'm, ju I'm just telling you this story because I know for some of you, you've never really heard this kind of thing before. And frankly, I could, I could probably march a whole bunch of people right across the front of the stage telling similar stories. But I have the mic. <laughs> Roll the clock forward a few years. Four kids. Okay, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a, I have a job. I've got a salary. Things are going wonderfully. We've, you know, got a little townhouse that we're, we're living in. And um, God started tapping me uh, and Carla on the shoulder about going and planting a church. I'm like, okay, cool, we'll do that. And he's like, no, no, I want you to resign your position where you are so that you can get ready to go plant a church. And I'm like, I don't have a church to go plant yet. No one has given me that opportunity. And God's going, that's okay. I've got you. I want you to resign. Now, I'm not suggesting this is a good strategy or anything like that, but I resigned my job with four kids, a wife, and a mortgage, and I had nothing to go to. I, I just had this firm belief that God was going to take care of us in some way. So by the time I, I announced to the church that I was resigning and, and wasn't sure what I was going to, but we had complete confidence that God was going to provide, um, a couple weeks later I went from being pastor of that church to being the janitor. It was awesome. They needed a janitor. I needed a job. Perfect, right? So I had that job for six weeks. That's, they had someone else come in six weeks. And, and as that was running out, all of a sudden this, this company had a conversation with me and said, hey, do you... Do you want to work for us? And I said, well, what would that look like? And they go, well, you'd be working in the warehouse and doing this, that, and the other. I said, man, if you don't need any skill, I'm your man. Because <laughs> I don't know what you do, and that's just. So I started working for this company, making $12 an hour. Mortgage, four kids, the whole thing. We never missed a mortgage payment. We never missed a meal. Like, during this time, God was providing. I was working during the day. Carla was applying at jobs because we needed the second income. We weren't going to be able to make it without it. She was applying for jobs. No one wanted to hire her. But all of a sudden, she gets this phone call. Oh, hi, Carla. Um, just wondering if you need any work. How did you know? Well, I didn't know you were looking for work, but we just thought, you know, you'd be great at it. Could, could you? So all of a sudden, she's got work, and it was a short term. I was working days. I'd arrive home at 3.30, kiss her goodbye. She'd give me the marching orders on the four kids. She would go off to work that night. She would get home at midnight, Right? Next day, same thing, up, and we were just rotating. Then that job ran out for Carla. She didn't have anything. God, what are we going to do? And all of a sudden, someone phones again. Carla, do you need some work? This is just, this, I, we can't explain it any other way. Sure, yeah, I do. Well, when's the job? <clears throat> well, it's during the day. Oh, I'm not sure I can do that because my husband works during the day. So let's, let's can, I, can I get back to you? I go to my employer, and they go, hey, why don't we just have you work in the evening? That might be better anyway. So why don't you work in the evening, and your wife can work during the day? Story after story where God was providing. It was crazy. So we then get a job. We get an opportunity to go plant a church in Calgary. 
I nego- you know, we'd done all the negotiations, all that kind of stuff. We were excited about moving to Alberta, Carl. We were excited. I loved it, and it was Calgary. Carl's from Edmonton, Calgary and Edmonton, not so much. Not friendly with one another. Moved to Calgary. I was so excited to get my first check. I got my first check because they didn't do automatic. That was, <laughs> that was not happening back then. And I looked at it, and I'm like, hmm, that doesn't look right. So I phoned the guy, my, my boss, and I said, uh, hey, thanks so much for, uh, you know, getting all the finance stuff figured out and getting me on my first check. I, I really appreciate that. Um, but I think it's wrong. And he goes, whoa, whoa, what? What do you mean it's wrong? I said, I, I don't know. I, I was under the understanding I was making this much, and this is, like, quite a bit less than that. And... He goes, well, okay, let me look into it. So he hangs up the phone, and he goes and talks to his finance people, phones me back the next day, and he goes, uh, no, that's, uh, that's exactly right. And I had this major gulp on the other end of the phone. I just moved my family out to Alberta, again, four kids and a mortgage, and I was now making significantly less than I thought I was making, thousands of dollars less than I thought I was making. I was like, okay, God, <laughs> this should be fun. What, what's this going to look like? We, we were actually at the, the poverty line. The, the way we discovered that was is we couldn't afford to, to do any dental or anything like that for our kids. Like, there was just no way. But what we discovered in Calgary was there's this real cool system for those who were really poor. And uh, you could take your kids there, and for like five bucks, you could have your kids' teeth worked on. It was amazing. Just amazing. I just want you to know that through all of that, it never crossed our mind, Carla and my mind, ever to not put God first. And I'm thankful for the upbringing on that. But the reality is, I'm going to put God first, and I'm going to let him meet my daily needs. I'm going to let him provide. I am going to trust him. And that's part of what is going on here is can we trust him? Can we really do that? Daily bread. Daily bread is literally that. It's a daily thing. This prayer, this idea is something that we are to go into daily. It's not a weekly thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's a daily thing. It's a daily reminder that God has my back. That I'm surrendering to him. God, give us today our daily bread. We need you to provide. The story that comes to mind for most folks as they're reading this is the story of the Israelites in the Exodus. The Israelites were captives uh, to the Egyptians for 430 years. And needless to say, they didn't enjoy it. It was a horrible, they were oppressed. Um, it was a brutal experience. They called out to God, called out to God, called out to God. God heard them and delivered them. He took them, and it's the whole crossing of the Red Sea, about a million of them or so, and they crossed the Red Sea like it's just an unbelievable story. But when they crossed the Red Sea, do you know what wasn't there on the other side of the Red Sea? There were no shelves stocked with food. There was no freezers. There was no Costco. There was no thrifties. There was no... Mill, you know, market on Mill Street. Like, it was, it was not there. And so they would be like you and I, and they got scared. 
They were fearful. God, why have you delivered us? At least back there we had, you know, three square meals a day kind of thing. Why would you deliver us here? And God goes, no, 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 I've got you. And so God provided manna every day for them. And God's teaching to them was, listen, I want you just to gather enough for your family. Don't gather any more or any less. Just take enough for your family, and I will show you that every day I will meet your need. And he did it. He, he said, don't take more. Some of the families who would take more, it, it tells us in that story they would do that, and then that food would rot, and it would stink, and it would just be awful. It's just a reminder, don't, don't mess with God. He, he said he'll provide. He will do that. In John chapter 6, in John chapter 6, we have um, this interesting few verses that just remind us about the story and about how God wants to provide. It says there in verse 33, and I'm actually going to read a few more verses after it. Verse 33 is on the screen. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. I find it hard to believe that if I had been one of the Israelites who had been delivered from the Egyptians and had had that amazing miracle to take place that God had provided every, I would find it hard to believe that I would be someone who would doubt God. But I don't know why I think I'm special because many men and women doubted God's provision then. We, we have the stories, who, the people who literally walked with Jesus. They saw him doing all kinds of miracles, healing people, feeding thousands of people out of a couple fishes and two breads, you know, turning water into wine. Like it was just on and on and on where Jesus was doing these amazing things. And people would see this stuff, and yet there was still doubt. And so as I told you, you know, my little story about how we've just decided we're always going to put God first in everything, in our finances, in our relationships, in how we do our life, like we're always going to do that. Why? Because God's going to provide. It wasn't always easy. And I must admit, every once in a while, there might be a time where I do a little mental calculation of how much that money really is that I'm giving away and, boy, what I could do with that. But the question is, are we going to be dependent on our Father in heaven to give us our daily bread? I, I like this, this quote. It's that God is speaking here. I've got something for you that is as basic and necessary to you spiritually as food is to you physically. I'm the bread of life, Jesus says. The bread of life who gives life to the world, to you, and to do we believe that? Can we trust him? Now, when Steve started this prayer and started teaching us about this, the opening line was, Our Father in Heaven. Remember he mentioned that hour? The whole point of the hour was to kind of get our heads off of ourselves and to recognize there's a whole lot more going on. Remember that? 
as we enter into this little second half of this story, we recognize that this is coming at us all over again. This prayer is more of a community prayer than just a me prayer. Give us, us, not me, not mine, but us. Give us today our daily bread. Do you catch that? This isn't just a me thing. There's, there's something more going on in this prayer, in this teaching of how we are to pray. We are children of the great, good, good Father, right? We sing about that. It's so true. And he is calling us, and just by the very fact he's teaching us how to pray in this way, to become a part of the solution of the daily needs and the daily bread. God wants us to work with him to bring his kingdom down, to bring heaven down to earth. Keith Stewart wrote a powerful book on uh, dealing with sort of poverty and, and, and where the church is on that and, and what that all looks like. And, and this is a pretty challenging quote that I found in there. It says, it seems to be a default in our culture to think that because we have money, that gives us rights as opposed to responsibilities. Let's just think about that for a minute. Because we have money, somehow we have rights versus responsibilities. You hear at this place all the time, we're blessed to be a blessing. God does things in us and through us in order for us to pass that on, to pay it forward, uh, if you like. You know, we live in this amazing, privileged place, Victoria, in, in this, uh, this country. Uh, we're so blessed. Does, does that make you more open-handed or more closed-handed? Because I can tell you, the more we get, tends to be the more we want. Or maybe there's some evil idea rattling around in your brain that somehow we are more favored by God. And that's why we're here, and that's why we're in this privileged state. That somehow we're better than everybody else. No. You see, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, this is a request on behalf of others. This is a request that we're making on behalf of others. And, and we're asking it partly in this as well and making this statement, what is my responsibility in all of this? Now, this past week, I was talking to a lot of people about this, this sermon because it, it's a challenge to me, as I said. You know, what, is it, what does it mean? And a friend said to me, could it be this, that, that when your or my needs are met, they are met in order for us then to meet other people's needs? Ah, interesting insight. When our needs are met, they are being met that we might go and meet other people's needs. You see, you and I are literally, at different points and times in our existence, the answer to that prayer. God, give us today our daily bread. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 31, 
you've never been in the book of Proverbs, essentially it's just a whole bunch of tweets. It's just all these short little things. They're fantastic. Proverbs 14.31, this says right here, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. That's good stuff. Um, when I was putting this... Uh, uh, my sermon together, I always, you always end up sending the slides to uh, Lindsay. There should be a slide right here up that's got the different verses on it, if you could put that one up. And uh, so Proverbs 14.31 is great. Lindsay uh, calls me back, and she goes, oh, Lindsay, I think you made a mistake on your PowerPoint. I said, oh, probably. <laughs> what, what this time, you know? And uh, she goes, well, you had the Proverbs verses and all that, and then you had, you know, the first Timothy, and then you just had Acts. I think you forgot to put the reference down there. I said, no, actually, I want them to read the whole book. Every, listen, you read the book of Acts, and almost on every single page, you find the people of God being generous, just giving up, selling things, selling property, because they're seeing needs. They're not waiting for the government. They're not waiting for some social program to do it. No, they were seeing the need, and they would go out, and they would literally be the answer to that prayer. God, give us this day our daily bread. First Timothy, we're almost there, folks. We're almost there. First Timothy, chapter 6. Interesting few verses. It said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. We, we've heard that before, right? Okay, let's keep going. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of it think we get that. You know, there's no U-Hauls, right, on the hearse or anything like that. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. True? Will we? Let, let's go on. It says in verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world. Now listen, I know that there are folks that can struggle living here in Victoria. There's no doubt about it. But are we rich in this present world? Would, would that be true of Canada? I would suggest it is. So this is commanding us not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope, our hope, in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God provides these things to us, and it's fantastic. It's for our enjoyment, but don't put our hope in it. Verse 18, he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Give us today our daily bread. Are we dependent on God? Are we dependent on him? Do we understand that he's the one who gave us our gifts and abilities and, 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 and set us up in our jobs and is, is, is helping provide for us? Do, do we understand that? Because this prayer is reminding us also at the same time to be grateful for what we have but, and showing our dependence before God. It's calling us to a greater reality the more global reality, if you like, the more citywide there are people out who may be struggling with this, and where is our responsibility in it? Today, this day. Now listen, one of the things I know about this church is you're a very generous church. 
I mean, I don't know how many times Rick will get up here and he'll go, serve the city. And you guys are just like, where do we give? Where do we give? You know, it's like, we're, you guys are on it. Like, we got served the city Christmas. We got served the city back to school. We got served the city some other time. I don't know when it is. We've got MSQ. We got a house build going on, right? We're, we're asking you, can you help out? We've got car care. We've got the community fund. We have so many things. And you guys just always stand up and rise and you... You take the challenge, and you're a generous group, and, and we celebrate that. But we've got to recognize this word right here, give us today. We can't live off of yesterday. We live off of today. And so what is God calling us to do today? What is... What is God maybe calling us to do tomorrow? I got two questions for you just in, in closing for you to consider, two statements. The first one is this. Am I living dependently and expectantly every day before my Father in heaven? Is, is that you? I know, as I told my story earlier, some of you are like, that old man, he does not know what he's talking about. He does not understand the realities of the world today. And I may not understand your reality. But I understand my God. And my God promises to meet our needs. Are you living dependently and expectantly every day before my Father in heaven. The second question is this. How or to whom does God want you to become the answer to this prayer? How or whom does God want to show you you to become the answer to this prayer? Folks, I hope that you wrestle with this for the rest of your life. Right? Because I think that's what we're supposed to do. I think we're supposed to be daily wrestling with whether or not we're living dependently before our Father. I, I think we're supposed to be wrestling every day with where our allegiance is and what our responsibility is. And I'm not, I am not up here um, saying that our world is perfect. There, there are challenges. And sometimes God does not answer right away. I can tell you that. There are many times where I didn't know, we didn't know what was going on, Carla and I. But we just kept trusting him and trusting him and doing things his way and living dependent on him. I hope that will be your story when you get to be old and gray like me. That you can look back over 33 years of, you know, for me, marriage, but 33 years of walking with Christ and just seeing his faithful hand with you year in and year out. That's my encouragement to you. Let's pray. Father, this is not easy, um, but it's comforting as well. There, there's a real tension there. We want to thank you that you are the God who, who provides, and we want to trust you for that. We want to lean into that. 
we want to come to you, our, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today, God, our daily bread. We want to live dependently upon you, recognizing that you have gifted us and you've given us places of work and places to live. And God, sometimes those, that reality isn't always true. Sometimes we're without work and sometimes we, we're struggling to find a place to live. But God, we want to continue to trust you for that. And God, I would pray that you would help me, that you'd help all of us to understand, God, to whom or, or in what way are you calling us to partner with you to, to be the answer to some of these prayers, to take what we have been blessed with and then to turn it around and to bless others. God, this isn't a government issue. This is a human issue. May we recognize that. So God, these are things that we wrestle with, at least I do. And I want to thank you for being so faithful. Look forward to more years of your faithfulness, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.